0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Ethan Gassiotis. I'm a serial entrepreneur, international speaker, result strategist, business coach, mentor, and consultant. Today, I have an awesome guest. She's on the Forbes Councils, the Harvard's, Harvard Business Review Advisory Council, and on the Brains Magazine Global 500 list. She's an entrepreneur, executive communication coach, strategic advisor, international speaker, and author. She works with many high-level people in a variety of industries to help them move forward and get results. Welcome, Sharez T. Wilkinson, and thank you for being on my show.
1: Thank you so much for having me here. Hi, Alton.
0: Awesome. So awesome to have you here as well, Sharez. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing episode for everyone watching and listening today. So you're a very successful entrepreneur. So for those, you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, and, and for those people who don't know who you are, just please introduce yourself by telling us about you and your journey.
1: Well, I actually started out uh, quite young as an entrepreneur because it was not really by choice at the time. I had a car accident and it was a rough time and I had to find different ways of making a living and and looking what i actually really liked to do and the one thing that has accompanied me through my life is supporting people and helping them to find their strengths and moving forward to what they really want in life and at one point i asked myself okay if there's one thing that i have to do for the rest of my life what would that be I've done a lot of other things as well. I've done property, I've done investment, I have done um, teaching, training, mentoring, all these kind of things. But then I was actually thinking, okay, the one thing that I really enjoy doing is bringing out the best potential in people, but in a very pragmatic manner. So I'm actually not really a coach. That's why I call myself strategic advisor because I do guide people to exactly how to do things. A coach doesn't do that. They ask open questions and let people ruminate about their own answers, right? But given my experience that I have over so many years, as well as having traveled to more than 50 countries and lived in 12 all around the globe, I let that experience guide people towards what they want to achieve. Uh, Be it in connections, in network, in contacts, in knowledge, whatever that is. So that's in very short what I have been doing for the last over 30 years. And successfully, I think because I focused eventually only on that one thing. And every day, just little by little by little, adding a little puzzle piece more, I have built this kind of of career over time. I had no idea where it would lead to in the beginning. I didn't know it would go so high and so far and so quickly. But I think it's like when you have a magnifying glass and the sun shines through it, it creates this burning spot and it creates momentum. So when we focus on one thing and give it our attention, one thing at a time in small steps, it can lead us very, very, very far.
0: Yeah. Love that. Amazing story there and um, where it's got you, you know, from that purpose of uh, wanting to bring out the potential of people. I love that. And and yeah, to your success today. So, you know, you touched on it there about you've lived all over the globe, right? Um, In so many countries and that. So um, like, that's an amazing experience. I think travel is amazing, even just for going somewhere as a holiday (laughs) to get a different perspective, but to actually live all around the globe is a whole nother experience as well. Right. So I'd like to know, what did you take away from those experiences and and how has it helped you today as well?
1: I realized that, first of all, we are all the same, no matter how we look like. Um, There is a very funny cartoon where you have, I I think it's about six, seven skeletons, and then on one skeleton, a lower leg is missing. So each skeleton has a description, like European, Asian, American, African, Um, Australian, let's say, and the last one, pirate, because half the leg is missing. So in our core structure of who we are, human beings, they function the same all over the world. We have the same uh, basic emotions. We have the same micro-expressions, micro-expressions in the face are involuntary expressions we make that cannot be controlled or manipulated when we feel certain emotions. And when you learn how to read these things, It becomes really interesting because um, you realize that there are not that many differences. Yes, there are a lot of differences in terms of culture, religion, in terms of uh, personal mindsets. From person to person, there's variation. But as a whole, in terms of humanity, we all want the same things. We want to be healthy. We want to be happy. We want to be with our loved ones or have a good relationship. We want to be prosperous, which means we want to live in a way where we're safe and and can provide for us and our families. And then at some point, we want to have fun as well. Enjoyment. Right. And most people, we are all afraid of the same things. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of of getting hurt or having pain. We are afraid of a lot of people of dying. Right. And, And these basic truths, they are there. They're not going away with any explanation or any cover up in terms of stories or whatever else. When you listen to sometimes the politicians, right? They really hard try to highlight the differences between different groups for political reasons. And at the core it's nonsense because people normally get along with each other if they're not fed specific mindsets that's the takeaway that I took from my experiences
0: love that that's a very powerful statement there and and so true when you break it down um, that simply so really love that and you know I think another amazing part about your story um, that's quite shocking to an extent but also I'm sure very powerful is that you nearly died last summer and, um, you know, b- because of that, you're now putting much more focus on your health, right? So, uh, uh, No,
1: I nearly died at least nine times in my life already. Uh, I don't want to list up all the different events, but it was very, very close many, many times. And I think if you want to really be alive, um, life is dangerous. You know, it's deadly in the sense of there's one certainty we all have, we are going to die when die one day in one way or another. And when you look at all the different religions and and philosophies that are out there from uh, the biggest one, let's say Christianity to Islam to Judaism and then spiritual things like subcategories like um, Sufism and and different other things. I don't want to say too much otherwise people get offended if I don't say it in the right order. (laughs) They all come to the conclusion that all we have is now the present. There's no past other than in our mind and the future hasn't happened yet. And I know there's, lot, there's a lot of these uh, Instagram posts or Facebook statements where you have this sentence, that's why the present is called present. It's a gift, right? And it's really true. If we profoundly understand the meaning of that sentence, <clears throat> it really influences the way we live. It doesn't mean we become zen all the time. We cannot because we're humans, we're not robots. So our life fluctuates, it goes up and down. Sometimes we're stressed, sometimes we didn't sleep enough. Sometimes we didn't have enough nutrition or food or hydration or whatever it is. And that actually affects tremendously how we function. So the mindset in itself is not separate from the entity. And especially as an entrepreneur, I think that's extremely important to know. If you feel down or fearful of something, it might not be your mind. It might actually be that something is lacking in your system that is not uh, at the optimum level. As I mentioned before, it can be sleep, it can be hydration, it can be a rhythm, it can be exercise. It could be um, you don't have enough connections with other people because you dig yourself so much into your work that you forget about your relationships and having some fun as well right so I don't think you need to die to start focusing on your health I think you can do that right now but most people don't do it because they take it for granted like breathing right I've been talking for years about breathing breathing is highly relevant and A few years ago, when I mentioned it in interviews, people were laughing. They said, oh, why would you even mention that? I mean, it's just happening naturally and normally. But no, it's not. And now I think with COVID, a lot of people have understood how difficult it is when you cannot properly breathe, right? So the awareness is key. The more you learn about things and yourself, the world and other people and cultures, the more you understand yourself or take it the other way around. The more you understand yourself, the more you're gonna understand what's happening. So you don't have to travel to 50 over countries and yes, it helps, it's interesting and it's fun, right? But to actually really get to know how the world functions, you can work on your own development and on your own self in that sense to move forward. The more you do that, the more successful you're going to be. That's my opinion.
0: Yeah. Love that. So true. Doing the inner work, health. If we don't have the health and the energy, how are we going to help people? How are we going to provide our products and services and, and grow our businesses and things like that. So yeah, really amazing points there. Love that. Um, Let's one uh, thing.
1: I think just one thing I want to add, which is really important. Um, Just because you're an expert in something doesn't make you perfect, right? So even if you have written a book about a topic, doesn't mean that you live this 100% all the time in your life. Why not? Because we are not robots. We are not perfect. By definition, human beings are faulty, right? But the key is to get back to it every single time we fail. It's like dieting. It's like a business or whatever else we are doing in life. When it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out for a certain time because we're sick or something happens or whatever. But the key is get back on the horse. The moment you feel okay or better, pick up the pieces and get back on the horse and continue the journey. Because otherwise, there's no progress. Nothing is going to move forward if we just sit there and give up. And that's really a mindset which is hard to acquire in reality and practice, but over time it's get it's getting easier. And 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 there's still fear involved all the time, even for myself. But I think the key is to just keep doing.
0: Yeah, amazing points there. Completely agree. Um, you know the resilience. If you if you never um, stop, you you never fail. People say right and. Um, you know, you just keep going. And um, yeah, and you, like you said, you build that muscle. Um, and then eventually, things are going to click when you unlock things in your mindset, when you learn your business skills, whatever it is that you need to do, things are going to start clicking mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, you know, the momentum builds, and then it has an exponential effect. So I love that. And uh, let, let's, um, switch, let's switch it over a little bit more business wise now. And you're big on this, like you've got um, a lot of authority and, and credibility, right, in, in what you've done and what you're what you're doing now, and it's becoming more, much more important, I would say, in business now these days. You know, with mm. with public relations being part of this, like being recognised, right, for you know the the skills, the knowledge, the expertise, the wisdom, you know, that we have and the impact that we're making. So, why should we be focusing on public relations and, and authority and credibility? Um, to build our profile and how can that help us in, in business?
1: Mm-hmm. So um, from my own experience, I'm, I'm very atypical in that sense, I think. But maybe that's the reason why I came so far. Uh, I say if you want to go big, go small. And if you want to go fast, go slow. So the reason I'm saying this is I really... For the last four years actually four years ago i didn't have all of these credentials and and affiliations and everything else i was just an executive coach like millions of others there out there in the world right um i really focused on the one thing i'm good at and i looked for collaborations that were on the level and as professional as I want it to be, that makes sense. Which means you have to say no to a lot of things. I think Steve Jobs mentioned that once, right? So the real skill in life is not to become famous and get a lot of invitations for interviews and all these kinds of things. People run after the wrong things. That's not the key. Once you're good enough, you will attract these kind of things and and people will come after you, but there's a transition. So from nothing to having a certain status, you have to start building up, but very carefully. So whatever it is that you do, I think it's very relevant to be aware of what are your core values? What are your core principles? And then look for collaborations that match that. If you're a unicorn or very specifically unique in in one way or another, it's gonna be harder. There will not be a lot of people out there with similar interests or skills, but look for them, they do exist. And nowadays it's really easy to, to reach out to them over social media, online or whatever else. Look specifically for specific collaborations instead of just randomly attracting people, right? So when I started out, I actually had to apply it to be interviewed. I mean, nobody knew me, nobody knew what I wanted or what I was doing. But I started doing interviews with people that I collaborated with. So, for example, when I started as an author, I had another author who was doing podcasts. And she asked me one day if I would be interested to be on that podcast. And I said, yes, okay. And that's how it started, right? So look for things that resonate with you with who you are. That's a way slower way to go than most people would. But I think long-term it's more beneficial because you become out there in the public space, it, it, it becomes authentic. It's not, it's not something that's gonna flip and switch around all the time. You build your business career from your core identity. And then it just, can be who you are you don't have to pretend to be somebody else or you don't have to build up a gigantic image you just do the things that are really dear to you and and valuable because in the end of the day it's your life and how you spend your time doing the things that you're doing that's your business your life is your business right don't run after the wrong things i'm not saying it's not nice to have a good car or whatever else right but If that's not the right thing for you, not because you can't afford it, but maybe you don't need it, right? Why would you have it? So less is more, go slow instead of fast, and start small, instead of wanting to go huge. Just put one foot in front of the other, do the work properly, with full commitment, give 100%, um, try to achieve excellence in everything that you do and then you're going to move forward in the direction that life is going to take you and where you want to go as well so it's a process inside out instead of out in. but that's my personal approach other people might do it very differently
0: yeah very powerful <laughs> love that and this is the beauty of why i love interviewing guests like you Shares, because um, you know, everyone's got a different way of doing things and it gives us a different perspective, right? About how we can look at situations and things like that. And, you know, a lot of successful people, you know, like my coaches say, success leaves clues, right? So, you know, you've gotten to a certain amount of success in certain areas. It's like, this is what I've done, right? I looked at it this way. It doesn't necessarily have to be the exact steps, but the mindset, the way you, you know, approach the situation is, is a thing as well um, as part of that. And obviously there can be steps as well mixed in with that. So I love love that portion there. Um,
1: so it's a lot less glorious than what you see online, right? It's a lot less fancy. If you go on my Instagram, you see I'll, I was at fancy events. I've done a lot of different things and um, that's a part of it, but that's not the core experience, the core experience to just be consistent every single day. Put in that, even if it's just a small effort, right? But keep doing every single day something that brings you forward towards your goal. Even the smallest of things. Sometimes you're sick, you don't feel well, but you can still go for LinkedIn and connect to people or send a message or say, hi, how are you doing? Connecting via text message. You can do that even when you're in a hospital bed so <laughs>
0: yeah it's a mindset
1: yeah it really is
0: yeah i love that so true um all these little steps that we can easily do and and connect with the people because you never know what doors are going to be opened from there so if we we go a little bit deeper because um like you said it's not all glamorous but you, you um you know, from the article perspective, right? Like you write a lot of articles for Forbes and and Brains now, right? Which is amazing, and um, you know these are big media publications, right? And um, I guess, you know, do you want to share maybe a little bit about what what makes a good article um, in general? Because. You know, there's certain things that people might read a few sentences and then they, they'll, they'll turn off, but then, you know, there's other ones that are longer, you know, but the people will read them. So is there maybe is this something you can share a little bit about okay. what makes a good article?
1: I think as an executive communication coach uh, working with multinational companies, what I teach and train them a lot is how to build a message. So most people, when they write articles or communicate with people, they think it's about themselves. It's not. It's just a messenger, right? So you wanna bring a message across and it is about how does the listener receive it? Is it relevant to to them? Who is your audience? And what can they mostly relate to? So yes, you can write different articles for different types of people or businesses or audiences, but the core structure remains the same. So when we draft a message, I give you a structure which you can apply in your work on a daily basis, no matter what you do, it's, it's really powerful. So the first thing you do is you do an introduction, what is it about? Very short, just kind of like a title or one or two sentences. And then you explain to the listener, why is it relevant to them? So it's not about You should listen to me because I'm so fabulous, brilliant, great, successful, whatever it is. No, no, no. That's totally wrong approach. What you need to do is, why is it relevant to hear the message? So from my point of view, for example, if I say, okay, this is somebody who has a lot of experience, went through a lot of different things, built multiple businesses, made X, Y, Z amounts of money. So yes, they're credible. I know that already. That's why I listen in the first place. So why is this relevant to me? Because if I learn in this case, how to structure a message powerfully, it's gonna work. And you will see the difference as well, right? So bring after when you introduce what is it about, first two, three, four sentences, why is this relevant to your listener from their point of view, not from your point of view, right? So I could say, okay, I'm giving this interview now. Um, I don't really need to do it because I've been published on, on a lot of different other platforms, but I'm doing it because I actually want to bring value to the people. And the way to do that is to reach out and do this kind of, of things, right? And normally, I think the services that I provide are not accessible to most entrepreneurs. It's too expensive. It's too uh, rarefied in the sense it's, it means normally working with multinational companies and, and big level executives and all these kind of things, right? So, how do I bring the value to people in a way that appeals to the listener? This is the one thing you need to keep in mind when you draft a message. And whatever you do, if you talk to your employees, if you write an article, or if you go on an interview or a television show, or whatever it is, what is your message? What is relevant? to your listeners. Sorry, I repeat that so much, but it's really important. And then after that, you can go about, what is it about? Then you can explain this product has A, B, C, D, E, F, G, advantages, the technicalities, the facts, whatever else. And you end the message with a summary, just one or two sentences, repeating shortly, briefly, what you were talking about previously. Yeah. So I hope this is helpful. And this is actually what I work with a lot of executives in how to deliver a message.
0: I love that. Um, love, love the reframe. It's not just about the articles. It's about the message and, and everything like that. Really powerful, Shares. Thank you for sharing um, that as well. And, um, you know, we've, we, we talked about these big publications, right? And there's a... Um, with all of these areas that we're focusing on um, for the large publication, I know that like Forbes is a big magazine, right? Like I've, if you're in business, you would know Forbes, right. And, you know, myself, I'm not sure if you have, I was you know, fortunate to meet uh, Moira Forbes, the daughter of Steve Forbes and, you know, get a picture in her and everything like that. Um, you know, th- there's a name around <laughs> this, right. Uh, which, which is always nice to meet these people. Right. And, you know and there's that kind of which
1: means which means you were in Anaheim in California in 2019, right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> w- were you there as well? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, this is the place to be, right? To to meet certain people, right? You gotta put yourself in the situations. Is, yeah. um, and she, she was amazing, very, very switched on lady, so smart. And she was she was pregnant at the time as well and she was still very smart. Um, and wait
1: wait what was that statement sorry what do you mean with that
0: it's like because you know what it is you know what i hear with some ladies right um and i'm not i'm not trying to generalize here but just what i've hear that a lot of ladies when they're pregnant they say like i've got baby brain or something like that and you know everything careful like
1: careful you're treading in dangerous waters. i know you. i know
0: um and it's probably a lot of ladies thinking out there going what is Ethan talking about that is me or is it me maybe maybe yes,
1: i need to call you out on this this is complete <laughs> nonsense
0: sorry <Yeah. laughs> it's true it's probably my, my assumption that i'm bringing into this um and- no it's a
1: subconscious bias about what women can do or cannot do actually there was just an athlete now winning the olympia i think um, Olympic um, competitions and she was pregnant in running just saying
0: there you go powerful right and Mm -hmm. whether that's my subconscious thing whether that's like a a global thing as well potentially right because I hear it from a lot of people um you know it just shows that it can be debunked right um from Mm -hmm. this athlete from Moira from a lot of people out there right where um you know there, there's a way to step into our power um no matter what's going- so this
1: is an interesting thing i don't want to deviate the topics i just want to say um about this women empowerment thing right i've been always very confused about how 50 of the world population don't realize the power they actually do have because every single human being is born by a woman brought up most of the time by a woman and brought through most of the time by women as well so genders are different right and they're there for a reason i don't think there's one that's better than the other it's in the collaboration that we get really strong right and this whole gender bias that exists in the world is is very very weird to me in a way because women are weaker in certain areas but they're a lot stronger in others men are weaker a lot weaker in certain areas but they're stronger in others as well so why not complement each other in that sense, right? Why does it have to be a competition? And I don't want to go into the statistics and numbers now, but um, I think things are changing at the moment a lot in that sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Great great points. And, and you're right. There's more executive women now being out there and, and like you said, I think whether or not it's, it's yourself individually, whether or not you're talking about with your partner or your husband, wife, whatever it is, mm-hmm. as a partnership, whether or not it's just in your business, right? Having a partner in your business or your executive team, or you know your managers and other areas, your number two, maybe um, things like that, right? Um, where
1: I think make... it's not about gender; it's about capabilities. So that's very different.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree um because there's yeah we could go deep on this but there's like there's like don't it's not gonna end <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right um it's probably better that we keep going but there's yeah there's masculine and feminine energies there's left and right brainers there's so many different variations of things of how people are it's not necessarily based on the gender um of you know of certain things it's very interesting um but yes we could probably be here for hours um shares we can we'll- we
1: can make a different talk about this kind of topic that would be highly <laughs> interesting yes. yep.
0: That would be, yes. We'll leave that for uh, part two at sometime soon. Um, okay,
1: let's do, that. <laughs> let's
0: do that. Love that. Um, if, we, if we go back to, um, to topics um, more o- aligned with what we're doing now. So, the large publications, mm-hmm. Forbes, right? I was mentioning before. Um, now, you know, I know that we can't just get onto Forbes, right? Like, Forbes only, you know, get top people in their publication it's not like you can't just be just starting as one week as an entrepreneur and expect you're going to be on Forbes right you need to have some sort of authority and credibility so do you want to maybe share with people that are thinking about I'd love to be on Forbes one day whether or not they're ready now or not right is how can we get on big publications I'm just using Forbes as the example uh, like one of those big publications like Forbes
1: Okay, so the way I did it is um, I applied to Forbes Councils. And they have very specific requirements for each business category. So if you're in uh, real estate or you're in other types of businesses, they have different categories and you have to fulfill certain criteria. And you will have to apply, reaching your documentation and and background and everything else. And as it is an invitation only, And very small circle in that sense, Um, they will assess whatever uh, documents or information you provided and based on that, decide if you're going to be accepted or not. So I did that four years ago. Yeah. And I got in. (laughs) So that's one way to do it. If you do want to write articles on forbes.com nowadays i think you have agents that provide you with that service they hook you up with a platform that will get you published on forbes and uh, i don't think it's for free so you will have to pay certain amounts of money i don't know how it works but um, the way that i did it is, is different i went the professional route so the other way to do it would be to have PR agents who bring you into publications like that. And there are plenty out there. If you do the research, you will find a lot of people who can you get you into all sorts of different types of publications.
0: Yeah, love that. Thank you for sharing. And And just on top of that point, right, you have an amazing personal brand now, what you do and personal branding is becoming very important. And you talk about, these public relation things, right? That obviously helped us mm. to stand out. Was it? Was it? Was it the Forbes councils? Was it something else? What did you think made you made you stand out the most um, from other people?
1: Um, I think I've just been throughout consistent and authentic. You know, um, you what you see is what you get. I mean, I'm not pretending. be or not to be there's a latin proverb that says essequam videri which means be more than you appear to be right which basically talks about humility and and staying normal you know approachable and and yes uh, of course you achieve certain things in in a lifetime and and um, you make certain amounts of money sometimes a lot more than most other people do but That doesn't make you any different, or shouldn't at least, from who you really are at your core. Now the problem with that is a lot of people have no clue who they are at their core, right, because they haven't done the inner work. And if you don't know who you are, you don't have the roots to stand on and and really stay grounded. So, you can evolve both things at the same time but it's an effort it takes time and energy and resources and to get there i think to to build a an authentic an authentic brand and self development uh, status in that kind of sense it's really you have to do the work and most people don't even know where to start or what that means or or what we should be doing so You can read books, you can go on podcasts, you can go on YouTube videos, but that all doesn't do much for yourself in that sense. If you really want to get ahead and do the work, you have to work with a therapist. Because we all have dark spots. We all have blind spots. We cannot see our own faults. And most of the time we're oblivious to our shortcomings, right? That's why naturally we always pinpoint to the other or blame or project or push things onto other people or circumstances or environment because we don't deal with our own stuff right I don't want to say the word now but you know what I mean
0: (laughs) (laughs) a different s word um so (laughs) (laughs) that's it I love that so true so true and you know another way of doing it, if you know therapy is, is therapists is, is the traditional way, let's call it. But obviously, coaching in the traditional sense is an is an alternative way, right? Of um, no,
1: no, no, no. Coaching is in nowhere an alternative way. A coach should never ever go into an area where they start tinkering around with somebody's well being on a on a soul basis, soul in the sense of psyche, because they're not qualified for that. I have to say that really loud and clear. One thing that made me professional and, and aware as well is you need to know the difference between coaching, training, mentoring, and teaching, okay? So teaching is someone who forwards knowledge to you, right? Like in school, for example. Training is somebody who instills certain skills in you, maybe on a physical level or on a mind level, or, you know, we all did training. Coaching is somebody who is asking you open questions, ideally, otherwise it's not a good coach, which are not suggestive. They don't tell you what to do and they will not insist on a certain outcome. They leave that completely entirely to you, right? Whereas therapy, is, is totally different. Therapy goes backwards, right? What happened in the past and depends on type of therapy that you're doing. Why did it happen? I don't really support that a lot because it's not very efficient. I personally believe one of the most efficient therapies you can do is um, EMDR. You can research that online. EMDR is trauma therapy and it's highly, highly efficient. and it can happen in a very short period of time, which means not a day or a week. It means several months, but it dissolves the connection to certain events that we experience in our lives. And we all have done that. We all have at some level things that block us, that hold us back. And especially as an entrepreneur, if you're running constantly against the wall and you've been trying for so long and it doesn't work out, I really highly suggest to work in therapy on this. Key point because otherwise it's like you want to drive on a on a highway with a good car and you're constantly crashing into boulders because our hidden spots and issues are boulders on our street to success if we don't remove them we're gonna keep crashing into it you know maybe we get by one we pass the next one but the third one is going to crash for sure so success is not just a one defined goal it's actually an entire ecosystem Success um, is based on the right collaborations, the network. So your network is not in your pocket. It's actually the people who know you, not the people you know, but the people who know you, right? And then it's your personal ecosystem in the sense of your body, your mind, your health, even your spiritual thing, not in the sense of religion, but maybe your value and belief systems, right? Your priorities, your values, your principles, your goals, your vision, your mission, all these things. And then the next level is finance. How financially skilled are you? If you're lacking in the finance area, you cannot succeed. Because even if you do make money at some point, you're gonna lose it again, spending it on on completely wrong things. Right, So we have to level up on at least eight different things to support reaching our goals. It is a lot of work, right? So that's why they say, if you're employed, it's actually nice in the sense of, you don't have to really worry that much about all these things. All you have to do is fulfill one role and then you get paid for that, right? But as an entrepreneur, you really have to cover all the areas in life yourself, uh, from insurance to legal structures, to business structures, to personal things, to to, to the setup and how you structure everything, with whom you collaborate, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot to learn and to know. And yes, if you do have a mentor, somebody who has done it, has been there and knows how to share the knowledge, that's probably very, very valuable. Coaches are great because they bring out the things in you that are there, but you're not aware of it in terms of your own progress. Coaches work forward to the future. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? How do we get there? Right? That's coaching. Psychology is backwards. What's happening? Why does it happen? How do we dissolve it? In the past, that's the difference.
0: Yeah. Love that. What an amazing segment there of the different, uh, you know, descriptions of all of them. And I was wondering if you want to get the mentoring you did, uh, towards the end there. And, um, you know, with me, I'll just, you know, my experience with coaching of learning things like NLP is a big thing that that's like widely known now, I guess, as as a coaching tool. It's not the only one. There's a lot of different methods um, there that can be used. And what I learned actually through through with NLP, it was uh, timeline therapy, right? And that's obviously where you go into the past for certain events and things like that based on certain emotions, which is very interesting as well. Um, and then, you know, like I, I myself, and I know you've done a lot of studying things as well is like, I didn't MBA, I didn't finish school. I, I didn't MBA though, Right. And I finished that master of business administration. And like, yes, like there was a, a lot of gold information there. Did I, is everything gold? Probably not. Right. Um, mm-hmm. However, um, you know, there's a lot of good base information there. So a lot of the stuff that Sharers was talking about, all these different areas of business that you need to know, especially if you're an entrepreneur at the top of a company, right you need to have knowledge in these areas or seek the knowledge. Um, so whether you do the MBA or not, or whether you find that from somebody else to do certain courses, you need to upskill yourself in these areas. Cause that's going to, that can be the difference. Like it'd be the difference about asking the right questions. Like for example, with me, I don't know if this is you, Shares, when I go to my accountants, when I go to certain people, I'm the one driving the meeting because I understand certain things. And I'm saying, I reckon we can do X, Y, Z. What are your thoughts on this? I'm not saying, I'll just tell me what I want to hear. I have a good understanding enough that I can ask the right questions. It's a very different conversation. Yeah.
1: Right. So it involves a lot of learning, right? And the key thing that I do in my personal coaching, training, mentoring, teaching, it's a mix of everything, right? Because I actually have a degree for every single thing. (laughs) It's what I work with, with highly ambitious Uh, individuals, entrepreneurs or athletes, uh, artists, politicians, pick one, anyone who, who wants to take things to the next level, no matter how successful they already are, I actually work with them on awareness in all eight areas in life. Where are you at right now? What is missing? How do we close the gap? And once we do that, they can move on to the next level. And nobody always has everything covered that's just not how life works life fluctuates you know it's in constant change sometimes if you think about uh, the past or your own experience your finances are really great but your relationships are uh, not that happy or maybe your finances are great and the relationship is happy but maybe the health then for whatever reason suffers for some some incident, or let's say um, finance and business are great, but (laughs) maybe uh, spiritually you just put everything on the table and think it's not relevant anymore. So it's really important to be aware of all these different things, to know where we have on a consistent daily basis to level up. And that's actually the secret the consistency in taking two small steps every single day to strive for excellence. And it works. <laughs> so,
0: Yeah. Love that. That's awesome. Very powerful. Chariz. And um, you know, as, as we start to wrap this up, there's been so much gold here today. Um, I'd love for you just to share um, what one key piece of advice um, I know you've shared so much today. Would you give um, to all the entrepreneurs watching and listening?
1: um what do you think would be the most relevant there's so much advice I could give
0: <laughs> I, I think the best way is whatever comes to mind right? I know you shared so much today
1: um do you think in business do you think in finance is it is it more on a personal level is it more on a networking level pick one pick one for me and that'll be you in the
0: pick place. one for you um yeah let's let's do something that you haven't talked about today then about the last one you said there about networking because i think that's very important um so okay. what one key piece of advice could you give to people about networking
1: okay i want to share a story instead of giving an advice Love so it. one of the times when i was in the hospital nearly dying again <laughs> um all I could do actually was going on LinkedIn and I started building this up in 2016 I did everything myself so for the, the social media and outreach and everything you see online most of it was done by me I didn't hire companies or people to do that and at the time I had zero connections that was just four years ago and I decided okay let me reach out to a few people I think they're interesting and it's aligned with what I want to do And I sent those invitations, not thinking that they actually would accept or reply because I had no connections and there wasn't anyone big in that sense, right? And finally, most people actually connected and replied. I think it's about the energy you put out there. You know, somehow people feel if it's genuine or not. I, I know that sounds crazy in the times of automated outreach and, and everything is just on, on self-directed mode, and you don't have to put really any effort yourself in anymore. But that's how I did it at the time. I genuinely connected with people. And then I thought, after I had 50 connections, oh, it would actually be great to have 100. <laughs> and then, oi, it would be really great if I got to 800, right? and at one point it just started taking off because once you connect to the right people other people see that and then of course they want to follow right so it then suddenly switched to not about me anymore but the connections that i had, and then people were interested to connect for that reason Does that make sense? So when you start out very small in the beginning, look for authentic connections. Look for people that resonate with you. Look at people that are somewhere where you want to be at and reach out, just ask. Uh, The only answers you can get is a yes or no. And I know there's a lot of fear involved because self criticism kicks in, who are you to think that this is going to work, why me, why should they connect to me, all these kind of things, fear kicks in, do it anyways, because over time, as I said, step by step by step by step, it's going to lead to really big things, so just keep doing and going, and if something doesn't work, maybe it wasn't just meant for you, right, then there's something else gonna come along, which is a lot better than that. That's
0: how I did it. Love that. It's very powerful words there. I'm sure everybody can follow that and, and just being authentic. So, yeah, we connected through our networks. We so learned about your awesome journey from living all around the world to now being on the Forbes Councils, you know, Harvard Business Review Advisory Council, and being an entrepreneur and high-level executive communication coach. You're an amazing woman. Um, you know, I'm sure you continue <laughs> to help high-level people to move forward and create a positive impact in the world. And I'm sure you'd be able to help a lot more people outside of that scope as well today with this show mm-hmm. and podcast. And I'm very grateful that we connected and I look forward to working with you in the future as well. So how can people find you and get in contact with you, Sharice?
1: Um, I think the easiest way is to go online and just look up Sharice T. Wilkinson. So that's a bit difficult to pronounce. Otherwise you go on Linktree and just type in S.T. Wilkinson st wilkinson one word and then you should find it
0: awesome and uh they'll be below in this as well so yeah definitely and i
1: have all platforms i have instagram i have pinterest i have tiktok i have uh, linkedin websites i mean there's a lot of stuff out there to be honest so
0: (laughs) definitely Um, reach
1: out on any on any platform that suits you
0: I love it. Very good. Got to be out there. So definitely check out Sharez. She's, she's amazing. I'm sure you've uh, confirmed that today with uh with all the awesome value that she said. So Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening to this show. where We talk about everything on business growth. Uh, please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube as Ethan Cassiotis, or visit my website, athancassiotis.com. I completely agree with you, or do I? The only way we know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. Have a great day.